Okay. So today we are going to conclude Chapter 8 of Tanya. And we were explaining yesterday that there are Jewish and non-Jewish temptations. And a Jewish temptation is to indulge in the permissible. Because this is still a temptation. We're not supposed to be indulging. We're supposed to be utilizing things properly for God. We're not supposed to eat for the sake of the food. We're supposed to eat for the sake of God. A non-Jewish temptation is when my desire is for the forbidden. And that's like not to be considered in the realm of where a Jew should be going. But as we said, when we allow ourselves to indulge in the permissible and indulge in the permissible and indulge in the permissible, we get more and more connected to the forbidden as well. So today we are going to look at this concept of abuse, so to speak, of the gifts God has given us, specifically in terms of the concept of speech. And the Rev is going to give us four options, four levels of how we can misuse speech. So the first level that Rev discusses is someone who is speaking empty words. They're not slander, they're not gossip, it's not curse words, but it's just meaningless talk. Has absolutely no content that would be valuable or would be connecting to God in any way. In other words, just as we spoke of food that you're eating just for pleasure, there's no purpose in the food besides pleasure, indulgence. So to hear the words are just for indulging in the sound of your voice. So what has to happen at that point? What has to happen is there has to be a cleansing of your soul and a cleansing of your body for temporarily utilizing this permissible, non-godly, and not forbidden, permissible energy, as we've learned, this admixture of godliness and evil, for yourself, not for God. So you strengthen the evil, you cover it over the godliness, and it temporarily descended into the realm of absolute evil. Next time you're going to speak properly, you'll elevate it, you'll do a proper repentance, you'll regret, you'll confess, You'll resolve never to do it again. You'll be tested and passed. You'll elevate it. It's very easy to elevate, but there's still the need for this cleansing of body and soul for the time that you were temporarily under the complete evil. And that's really, of course, the lightest problem you could have. Much worse than that is forbidden speech. Gossip, slander, scoffing, mocking words, harsh words, angry words, curse words. These words, their energy is not from that admixture. These words, their energy is from evil. And when a Jew speaks them, the evil gets even lower. It gets really tied to a real evil. So here, it's not enough those light purgings of the body and soul we were saying for indulging impermissible speech. Here, one would need to do a completely strong repentance. In other words, the same steps we said before, but much more strongly, strong remorse, strong resolution never to do it again, strong confession, and be tested, and pass. And if that didn't happen, then after death, the soul would have to go to the realm we call Gehenna, which is the after-death purging of the soul. There are two types of Gehenna. We say the Gehenna of fire and the Gehenna of ice, of snow. 
cold and the hot. Not that these are physical. These are all obviously metaphysical concepts. But fire represents the passion. The fires inside of you that brought you to do something. So that's the cleansing for any transgression of a prohibition. Person gossiped. Why? Because there was a fire inside of him that was pushing him to do the wrong thing. If that person never repented after death, he'd need to go to the Ganem of Fire. Conversely, sometimes we don't do the right thing because of a laziness, of an indifference. I should pray. Ah, I can't be bothered. I should be charity. Can't be bothered. So there's no fire here. There's no passion. It's just coldness. And for such transgressions, if the proper repentance was not done during one's lifetime, the person would go to the Gehenna of snow, of cold, of ice. Because that, that was his issue, the coldness. But it could be worse than just saying inappropriate forbidden words. One could be saying these inappropriate words during a time when they're supposed to be learning Tyra. Now this concept of needing to learn Tyra and not doing it at that time is a specifically male issue, so to speak, because the women have the obligation to know most much of Tyra, but they don't have the obligation to have fixed times of study. As long as you somehow get the information and you're good. But for a man, unless he's doing something else, he's supposed to be learning Tyra. So if he is using his speech, instead of using his speech to study, and he's not using his speech for anything else he needs to do in his life, he's not working at his job now, he's not doing some other good thing like helping his wife, well, he's abusing the speech because he's supposed to be right now using that speech to learn Tyra. So what would happen? Well, it depends on what he was doing. But here's definitely the prohibition, the not learning of Tyra transgressing the positive act, plus possibly also another layer of negativity. If instead of learning, he's, for example, gossiping. Yes, men do gossip too sometimes. So here he is, he's sitting down with the book, he's supposed to learn, and he turns to his study partner, and they begin to gossip. So here he has the transgression of the injunction to learn, and the transgression of gossip, and both are happening in one, one fell swoop. So here we have additional layers of cleansing that have to happen unless he does all this for himself during his lifetime. But then, even worse than this, the Rebbe says, is if one uses his power of speech to study the sciences of the nations of the world. Now, why is this such a problem? Well, again, if one's supposed to be learning and instead is doing something else, that would compound the issue. But even if one wasn't supposed to be learning now, the problem here is that this is not simple, I'm not using my speech for God right now. In other words, not for God, it's for me. I'm learning something. It's, it's completely neutral. There's nothing evil to what I'm learning. I'm not learning, I don't know, um, other religions. It's not what I'm learning. I'm learning math. I'm learning physics. I'm learning chemistry. Nothing at all evil in that. There is not anything evil in that. But it has potentially enormous, dangerous energy. What is that enormous, dangerous energy? Because when one just speaks about nothingness, like uh, the local sports ratings, it's not an intellectual issue. 
So you're defiling the emotion of your soul. But if one uses their mind, but not for God, they're learning math for their own intellectual pleasure without any point or purpose in it, just because they happen to enjoy it. Now they're defiling their mind. And defiling the mind is far, far more difficult to rectify than defiling the emotions. Because the energy of the intellect of these sciences are coming from shards of the original mashing of the vessels in the world of chaos that preceded our dimension, the dimension of tikkun, the dimension of rectification. So it's very powerful energies. And if we take those very powerful energies and we utilize them, like if someone is learning math to understand how to do certain Torah calculations and to perform certain commandments, which ones needs mathematical knowledge, you're taking those shards that are embedded in the science and you're elevating them, you're releasing them, you're giving them to God. But if you take the math, then you're not doing anything wrong with it. You're just doing it for yourself. Then you are being lowered. It is being lowered. And because it is so powerful, being these shards from the world of chaos, and it's affecting you on such a deep inner level, it's affecting your very mind, so the damage is enormous. Can one ever learn math? Well, if you needed it for your profession, then it's not a problem. Because then it's like, whatever it says, a shovel to dig with. It's a tool. It's not a passion. It's not a pleasure. It's a tool. You're allowed to use a tool. You're allowed to use a shovel. You're allowed to use math for your profession. That's not an issue. And of course, if one was serving God in a holy way with it, meaning, as I said before, learning these sciences in order to serve God because the knowledge of the science will help the calculation of the astronomy necessary for the sanctification of the new moon, for example, well, then you, you took this knowledge and you elevated it to godliness. But if you just learn it for yourself, it's not for a job where there's a practical reason you need a job, you need money, you need to serve God, and therefore you need to have the money to pay to serve, to live in this world and serve God. It's not directly for God. You're not learning the knowledge so you can further help your service of God with that knowledge. You're simply doing it for self. Then it can be very dangerous, truly.